Welcome to the Wounds of the Faithful podcast, brought to you by DSW Ministries. Your host is singer, songwriter, speaker, and domestic violence advocate, Diana Winkler. She is passionate about helping survivors in the church heal from domestic violence and abuse and trauma. This podcast is not a substitute for professional counseling or qualified medical help. Now, here is Diana. Welcome, welcome. Come on in. If you're watching from YouTube, you can see that I have a different background. So do not adjust your television set. (laughs) You are in the right place. For my birthday, my husband bought me a new setup for the podcast and a, a different setup that I can do the music and the podcast in the same area make it a little more efficient before I had a bookcase behind me. Now I have my piano behind me and we have it set up so I can do a podcast and I can play my music. I have a regular office chair, which I didn't have that before. I had a piano bench or I had a drum throne, and they're not very comfortable to do an hour-long podcast. I can swing around and play the piano. I don't have the amplifier on right now to play anything for you, but perhaps in the future I'll have it set up where I can turn around. I'll have another camera over here that you can see me play a song for you might even have some fun huh i'm still in the planning stages for that but that's kind of all that i'm going to say about my new setup here i'm just trying to be more efficient in the podcast so you saw the title of the podcast this week how to survive a job loss and so we're going to talk about that because the day has come We have been talking about it. I've been very transparent about my job and that I was in danger of losing my job. And that day happened. That was two weeks ago that I lost my job. Uh, And it's as horrible as it sounds. And there's a lot of emotions going on uh, that we're going to talk about. And I can't say anything super specific about the details. If you want to ask me more questions about it, my specific situation, you can email me. If you know my phone number, you can call me. (laughs) You can ask me on Messenger or message me on Twitter, uh, Facebook, And I can't give any specific details because I can be sued for that. But I am going to talk about my feelings, what I've been going through, some things I did right, some things I did wrong. I'm going to give you some advice on if maybe you are in the process of maybe losing your job like me, or you already lost your job for whatever reason some things to do. 
Now, we did have Diana Alt on the show for two episodes, and she gave us some job hunting advice. So I recommend you going back and listening to that episode because she gave a lot of helpful information, especially if you don't have any job experience or you've been out of the job market for a long time like raising your kids or going back to school, caring for a loved one, whatever. I'm still working with Diana Alt to help me get a new job or make some money while I'm looking for a job. So I'll also be talking about how you can support me while I'm in this transition. I'm in this season of life and it is a season that I hope will not be permanent. So here it goes. I knew that this was going to happen and I did fight it every step of the way. I fought for my job. I worked for this company for eight and a half years. I worked in a few departments. I worked in my particular department for four and a half years. And again, without getting specific, I definitely had some career goals that did not come into play. Life happens. As you know, Brian got sick right after we had the pandemic. Everything was going really great until the pandemic happened. I was getting raises. I was getting very good reviews every year. I have gotten excellence awards at least three times along with my co-workers and I would say even my bosses from at least my point of view for the most part I liked my job of course it's a it's a job and it is work our CEO died and they brought in a new CEO and I know this from working in healthcare for 15 years, that anytime there is a change in corporate, whether it's a merger or a change in leadership, there will be changes to your job. It has happened more than once. I have survived three mergers with this company. I knew that there were going to be layoffs. I knew there was going to be a reduction in force. I had a supervisor change last year. They changed how we got our bonuses. They changed the instructions on how to do our job. And they brought in some software that is supposed to make you more efficient. It measures your efficiency. It pretty much tracks every moment of your day. And I'm used to that kind of tracking, but this took it up a notch quite a bit. We went from working in the office to working from home, just like a lot of you have done. And there were a lot of adjustments. We did not have a desk set up here to work from home. So I was sitting on my bed. We got to a point where we were trying to decide when we were coming back to the office. So I was going to buy an actual desk, an actual office chair, because sitting in a lazy boy chair really 
isn't conducive for working. Long story short, we were going to be working from home for a really long time. So I went out and bought a desk and a chair and I put it in my workout room. That's kind of a bonus because on my lunch breaks, I walk on my treadmill and I do my weights and my yoga stretches during lunch. And so that wasn't too bad. Um, but eventually they decided that we were going to permanently work from home. So during the past year, we had Brian. Brian was very sick and was a lot of doing a lot of extra work. I was doing everything, all of the chores, dealing with his doctors, going to the pharmacy to get his medication, going with him to the doctor's office. And, you know, Brian does not sleep uh, very well. And so he was sleeping while I was awake. So that means I have to be quiet while he's asleep. <laughs> and so I couldn't really like run the vacuum cleaner in the morning. I could not do a whole lot of meetings without waking him up because my office was right across from the bedroom. So I had to be really quiet when I had a phone call or a Zoom meeting with um, my coworkers. Um, so it's been pretty hard because on my breaks and my lunches, that's when I would go out and check on the garden Make sure everything's okay. Feed the cat, feed the birds, check on the worm bin, make my lunch, do my exercise, all that stuff. <laughs> and it's a lot. It's a lot on top of doing a full-time job. And I was working 10-hour days because we had a lot of work that came in. And I have my own health problems, as you know, if you've been listening to the show which means I am really tired all the time. I drag myself out of bed. But since Brian lost his job when his FMLA ran out and that I had to work that overtime, I could not turn it down when it was voluntary. And I was required to do it when it was mandatory. Didn't have a choice. You have to pay the bills. And so... It was a really rough year. You guys know I lost my oldest brother. Uh, but grief doesn't really go away. All the stuff you guys have been seeing on the news, that's stressful. All the events that happened this year. And I was really stressed out. And surprisingly, I slept just fine. I was in, I'm asleep within five minutes. I will tell you that. I'm exhausted all day from the time I get up till the time I go to bed and I have to push through all that. And I did push through to go to work every day uh, because I had four weeks of vacation plus sick days and paid holidays. I used up all of my sick time for Brian taking him to doctor's offices or to take my own doctor visits, as you know. It's time consuming. So I did take vacations. Even though I took the time off, it was really hard to go back to work. So the day I was laid off, it was a week after my birthday. I had a week vacation. And it was the day that I came back 
and I had a one-on-one -on -one meeting with my supervisor. As soon as I got on the call, I saw that there was somebody on the call with us that I did not know. And I knew then that today was the day that they were going to end my employment. And without again getting into much detail, I had spoken with a different person in HR, uh, fighting to keep my job because I've been a valued employee for a long time and I was trying to keep my job. But it was my supervisor and somebody from HR who was in charge of letting people go. And uh, it was all very, I would say, cold, very professional and to the point. There was no, hey, Diana, how was your vacation? How was your birthday? Nice to see you. It was, thank you for joining us today. Unfortunately, we are ending your employment today. And I was in disbelief because I had uh, had a conversation with another person in HR that some certain things were supposed to happen which didn't happen. So even then I was fighting to keep my job and you're gonna throw away almost nine years of loyal service. But then I realized there wasn't anything I could do. I had done everything that I could do and that this was the end and I might as well leave with my pride intact. Previous one-on-ones with my supervisor on those really bad days I have cried in front of my supervisor, which I haven't done before because of being overwhelmed with my situation. Um, I'm just very straightforward and I'm a direct person. I've always been direct with my supervisor and my manager. I'm not passive aggressive at all. If I have a problem with you. I'm going to tell you I have a problem with you. I'm doing a good job, I expect my supervisor to tell me if I'm doing a good job. I need to improve in certain areas. I expect to be told that. I always own my mistakes. I celebrate my wins and things that I'm doing right. But I realized at that time I wasn't going to cry, even though I was really upset. So she handed over the call to HR person. And HR was actually nicer than my supervisor was. So they went on to talk about what was going to happen from here because I had never been let go from a job, especially on a Zoom call. And it was the company's equipment. So they went over my severance and healthcare. Those of you in another country that are listening, um, our employers, Pay for some of our health care, if you have a good employer anyway. <laughs> so all of my health care is connected with my employer. So they told me, okay, this is how long you have, and we're going to continue to pay your premiums. And it wasn't very long. Uh, today actually is the first day that I am without health insurance of any kind. They also went over all the other benefits that I have with my employer uh, they were going to keep, like, my, you get free counseling. Most of the major employers, they have 
uh, what's called EAP, which is um, that your employer will pay for counseling, either that's uh, usually mental health counseling, uh, just somebody to talk to. So they're going to pay for that and they're going to pay. All well, they talked about our, our 401k, which is connected with retirement plan, what to do with the 401k now that they are not going to be contributing to it. They talked about how they wanted me to return their equipment. So they wanted me to FedEx the equipment back. They said they were going to disconnect me from the work computer immediately after the Zoom call finished. I assumed that was going to happen because they don't want anybody that has lost their employment to be able to get into the system any further, you have privacy laws and you have. So sure enough, they they said, good luck and um, we wish you well. And they hung up and they immediately locked me out. And I, you know, I knew this was coming, like I said. And so my husband was awake because the call was about 12 noon. He was out in the living room. So I left my office and they went out. I told him, uh, I just lost my job. So you're kidding. Well, or so that that sends a level of panic into your heart. The last time I was out of work was I was doing temp work. This was when we bought the house. And but Brian was working full time. And temp agencies are just that. When the client is finished with you, then your contract is no longer valid. And so this particular contract was six months. And with temp work, they don't tell you that usually. They're, they're just hiring temporary contracted workers for a specific time period, either it's their busy season or um, somebody went on vacation or whatever. They need somebody temporarily. Sometimes they, they want a contract to hire a permanent job. Many times that is not the case. Or if they have a budget to hire on new people, it's only a couple people. So that was the case with the job I had, and there was one slot for a permanent job. So we were all, you know, competing for this one slot. But the rest of us, they ended our contract. So that was pretty scary. I mean, uh, we were in a lot of debt at the time, and we just bought a house. So we were scared because we now had a mortgage payment. But Brian was working, so at least we had money coming in to pay the bills. And... You know, I did have a church that had a food bank. It wasn't the same church I'm with now, but they had a food bank. They had a benevolence fund. And so we had enough money to pay the bills, but we didn't have enough money for food. So, I mean, I went to the food bank. Uh, now we are out of debt, thankfully, except for the house. And one, one medical bill that did not take our insurance. And the scary part is now Brian is sick. And we had two weeks or 
Um, my employer paid for my premiums for two weeks for the plan that I already had. And so for the last two weeks, that's what we were doing was scheduling doctor visits, as many as we could possibly do in two weeks. So I went to the dentist, he went to the dentist. Um, I went to every doctor that could squeeze me in and I begged them. I said, I'm gonna lose my coverage in two weeks. I can go without quite a bit. When Brian lost his job, that was pretty hard to begin with. And we pared down quite a bit as far as expenses. We canceled a lot of services. Um, Brian likes to shop. Brian likes to spend money. Easy spender and I'm a saver. We had to stop spending money and figure out how we could make my paycheck stretch. It wasn't that it didn't make a, a decent wage. It's that they take all these taxes out of our paycheck and then money comes out for health care. Money comes out for the 401k. And so after all that's been taken out, you know, you have the your net pay that you take home to live off of, right? All of you in the United States who are bored, I'm sorry. But I do have a lot of listeners overseas, and they're always very curious about our, our health care and how we get paid. And why not do it now, right? So we have what's called COBRA. COBRA is the insurance that you can opt in to pay for. It's the same plan that you had with your employer, but now you have to pay the premium in full. Now, if I had a lot of savings, I could do that. Or if my husband was working, I could do that. So I just got the amount and we have Blue Cross Blue Shield, which is an excellent healthcare plan. Probably one of the best in the country. They pay for everything. I've never had a rejected claim from them. Uh, so I got the Cobra amount, found that it is $2,000 a month, and that is a $1,500 deductible. Doesn't that sound ridiculous? That's because it is. That's Cobra. So we're not going to be able to afford that. I was able to file for unemployment benefits. We pay into a fund in the state. They take a little bit out of your paycheck each week, and they put it into a big fund to help people when they lose their job. It's not enough to live off of for a very long time. It's just a supplement. It is meant to encourage you to get out there and find a permanent job. And it wasn't enough to pay the mortgage. It was enough to pay you know, your utilities. Usually with unemployment, you can get it as long as you have not done anything like illegal or you weren't fired for insubordination or stealing, something to that nature. Usually in my state anyway, I'm waiting for my unemployment benefits to kick in because I did not do anything illegal or insubordinate. So Brian is still on short-term disability, which that might end shortly until the medication starts working. That's kind of in the balance. We do have a, um, a lawyer on contingent that is trying to get him permanent disability with Social Security. 
That takes a long time. They do not pay those out willingly. It usually takes a year and they deny your claim the first time and so you have to appeal because they want to make sure that you're actually disabled and that you cannot work. So we have that hanging in the balance. So again, I knew that this was going to happen. We had changed our budget. We made sure that we um, bought extra food. We were going to buy extra food anyway because of the issues with the supply chain here in the state. I had always had a savings fund uh, for a vacation. So I have not been on a expensive vacation. We went up north for my birthday. So that account has been accruing. Yeah, we were talking about health plans. Yeah, that's the tangent I was going on. I can do without a lot of things. One thing my mama taught me is how to save and scrimp and go with less, which we're willing to do. The, the problem we have is Brian's medical bills. Worked really hard to get into Mayo Clinic. Their doctors aren't cheap. As you all know, if you have been paying attention in the last two presidents, we have what's called Obamacare. Obamacare is for people who are uninsured, which that would be me now. Brian and I are uninsured. So Obamacare was created to give you affordable health care, kind of like what Europe has. They have socialized medicine. Everybody pays into and everybody has access. And unfortunately, Obamacare was not thought out very well. Uh, what was promised is not the reality. You cannot keep your doctor. Uh, the premiums are not very affordable. So qualified for Obamacare, which is called the Affordable Care Act, or also called Marketplace. I looked up what I was able to be qualified for, my unemployment and Brian's short-term disability. That's where they get the numbers from. Obamacare was not any better than paying for COBRA. Obamacare is $1,200 a month for the two of us. It does not include his doctors. And it does not include the medications that he's on. So I don't think I can afford a $1,200 premium. That's more than my mortgage. I'm not qualified to get Medicaid. Medicaid is state health care. We all pay into Medicaid. Um, that's part of our taxes. We pay for Medicaid. We pay for Medicare. Medicare is national. So even though I've paid into it my whole life, I'm not qualified because I make too much money. That's crazy because that's not a lot of money. But Medicaid covers your medical, dental, and vision. We're going to pay cash for stuff that's absolutely necessary. He has to have his medication. There's no way around it. He has to have it. So the money from his Mayo Clinic will let us make payments. We're making payments to them now because I had a $1,500 deductible on the plan that I was with my employer. I'm still going to research. There are other avenues like um, uh, patient assistance programs. Those are private companies. They're usually funded by pharmaceutical companies who will pay for your medications 
if you fit within certain parameters, meaning income. Uh, let me see if they will help us with that. You know, we've gotten those discount cards. Discount cards are great. We are not going to starve. People have already started helping us. Um, I have a really great church that I'm a part of, and I just reached out for prayer. One of the pastors that's in charge of those kind of logistics, I uh, texted him and told him that I lost my job and reminded him that Brian is out of work too. And to put me on the prayer list, and he said, well, I'm going to connect you with the gal that's in charge of, forget her actual title, but it's like, she's in charge of all, like, you know, if you're sick, then they bring you over, you know, a casserole. She re she arranges, you know, food, like if you're in the hospital, when you came home from the hospital, she also does the bereavement. Um, she puts together a bereavement group for our church that you talk about your loss and how to cope with that. She's in charge of resources for families. So, um, so I knew Della, and so I told her what was going on, and they offered to help us fill in the gaps with our with our utilities. It's a huge blessing. That's why connecting with a a good church family. We've been a part of this church for I think seven years. Yeah, being part of a church family, that's what this is for, is to have a community to help you in your time of need. Some of my churches that I've been a part of have that in place where okay, you know, I'm a I'm a tithing member of my church. I have never missed a tithe. Now they don't they don't track that. Um, I contribute to the success of my church. I invest in my church. They have bills to pay. And so we have always given to the church, not out of a requirement, but because we want to help others when they're in need. Because the church has a benevolence fund. And I know that the funds that I have put into have gone to help people. So but now it's time for us to be a recipient of that. And in the past, previous churches that I've been a part of, there were always conditions on getting help. It was, okay, we need to see a copy of your budget. You know, you need to cancel everything. You need to do this. I was on staff at a church, so I understand some of that. We'll get into that in my, um, I've been telling my personal story. I'm going to talk about that in my the rest of my storytelling. There are a lot of people that take advantage of churches, food banks, and churches, and other organizations that help people in need. They're often taken advantage of. So I know the one that I was on staff. Uh, you had to you had to be a member of the church to get benevolence. I believe if you were not a member of the church that you'd had to be willing to do some stuff around the church. Like we needed somebody to paint the side of the church building or mow the grass or, you know, clean the bathrooms or do something. They were required to do something in order to get like a gas card or um, help with utilities. And that's if we had money in the budget. If we didn't have money in the budget, 
we would have to turn them away. If you were a part of the church, the church community, and they would always say, I'm in good standing, we'd, they would probably take a love offering for you. Um, people that knew you and loved you would give you, you know, canned goods, get by. But anyway, back to our situation. The pastor knows me. Pastor's been on the show. Kyle Fox, you can go back and listen to that episode, um, how to how to find a good church. I think we have a great church. So they wanted to know what we needed help on. What other avenues did we explore already? The electric here in the summer is is expensive because of the air, you know, air conditioner in the summer. That is a need here in a hundred and eighteen degree summers. Especially when you have somebody that's sick. It's definitely warmer than it used to be. Uh, we turned uh, we turned the air to um, in the 80s instead of 74. My parents can help me with meals and some small things. But uh, they certainly can't pay our bills because they have their own bills to pay for. So they can't really help out in a huge way. Um, but I'm glad I have my church there that's there for us to help help us fill in the gaps. But we are canceling our cable. We are just going to have internet. And um, T-Mobile came out with this 5G internet. It's brand new. And we're trying to research whether we're able to work from home with this T-Mobile 5G internet. It's only 50 bucks. And we're paying like $200 a month for um, cable and internet. And of course, the internet's always going down and they're always raising our rates. Uh, and we definitely can go without cable because I really didn't want cable to begin with. Um, there's all these free things that you can stream now, like Pluto TV and the you know, Roku. You can get Roku really cheap. There's all these different ways to get entertainment. Um, but we're we're old school where we we have a DVD player. I actually even have a VCR. <laughs> and we have a huge library of DVDs, favorite movies that we like to collect concerts. Uh, instead of going to concerts, we have a huge library of live concerts of our favorite bands. And that's really fun. Just like going to a concert, we've got a surround sound brand set up. I like to read books. My life, it doesn't revolve around the television. I've got a stack of books. I've got a library that I am behind in my reading. Uh, because most of the reading that I do is reading the books of my guest. They are primary before my leisure reading. So I have a lot of reading to do. And I've been, you know, having lunch dates with some of my friends. I had a lunch date yesterday with my my friend from Israel, Etana. She is my webmaster. Actually, she's taught me how to do it myself. But she's the one that got it got it started. She designed it. So uh, I had lunch yesterday, and it was kind of, um, you know. You network with people that you know for job leads. So 
we caught up on girl stuff and then we uh, talked about job leads and she is a business owner and uh, she gave me the name of her health insurance agent so i'm going to contact him to see if maybe just maybe you can find me a health insurance plan that we can afford Next week, I have a lunch date with my friend Kelly from church. She is the leader of my ladies' Bible study group. And that's on Zoom. So if you guys want to join, you ladies anyway, you can join our Bible study group. It's on Tuesday nights from 7 p.m. till 8.30 sometimes shorter than that all ladies are invited whether you're part of my church or not it's accessible on zoom um but you have to go on um the church website to sign up um so we know we're come that you're coming that's uh red mountain community church in mesa arizona so rmcc org i believe is the address and there are bible studies for the guys too if you want to sign up i believe those are on thursday nights but they also have day groups so go on there and get one that meets your need uh, i'd love you to join our ladies group kelly is a great a great leader she's very encouraging and everybody is encouraged to share and contribute so we got through a, a bunch of practical stuff let's talk about the emotions of it all of course i felt betrayed because i had put my blood sweat and tears into this job i felt like a failure because even though i had done everything to prevent this from happening there's always that thought in the back of your mind that well, maybe I could have done more. Maybe I could have done this. Maybe I could have done that. And I just decided I'm not going to beat myself up. I know in my conscience before the Lord that I put forth quality work and got along well with my coworkers, my superiors, and things happen. Trying to, you know, I'm I'm trying to trust in the Lord that there's a reason why this happened, and a lot of people, this is where they find their career or their calling, whatever. I mean, obviously, I would like to do podcasting full-time. I would like to do music full-time. That would be my calling. My advocacy work is my calling. What I do to pay the bills, that's not always the same thing. <laughs> That's probably why I stayed in healthcare for such a long time is because it pays the bills. But I definitely admit that I that I did panic. I definitely panicked when I realized that I was losing my job. And your anxiety level goes way up. You know this. If you've been through anything like that, your anxiety level goes sky high because we like to eat and live indoors don't we we want to support our families and if you're a guy you're i'm not saying every guy but your self-worth is usually connected to 
you're providing for your family. That's a very real thing. Me, not so much. I just see it as a way to pay bills. My identity and self-worth is not, is not 100% in my job. I like to have the reputation of, hey, I'm a good worker. I'm a loyal worker. I come to work on time. All those positive qualities that you'd want in a worker. I did feel sad because when you're out looking for a job, it's it's really hard. Yes, I'm eating chocolate. When you're looking for a job, I have been looking for a job for six months because again, we had we had warning about this ahead of time. Mind you, I didn't have a whole lot of time to look because I was working 10 hour days the last year and I was just too stinking tired to do anything after I was finished work. There was just no energy to do anything. But looking for a job and jobs that I knew that I was qualified for and I didn't even get an interview, two interviews, the rest were kind of like recruiters kind of asking me a couple questions. But I wouldn't have said it was an interview. Your confidence really goes down in the toilet because especially someone like me, I have a lot of skills, a lot of experience. And yeah, I'm an older worker, but you know, there are some times when I thought, oh, I nailed the interview. I really want this job. This will really help my family. You know, it pays well, it has good work-life balance, and it's definitely something I can do and learn some new things. You know, all those things that you're thinking about when you're looking for a job and and you really think you're going to get the job and then you you get that stupid rejection letter. Uh, we're going to go with other candidates or you're not qualified for the job. We're going to go with candidates that have more experience. Some of them, I was like, you got to be kidding. You're sending me a rejection letter because I don't have enough experience. 15 years is not long enough. I mean, literally, some of the descriptions of some of these jobs literally are job descriptions I've done in the past. Yeah, so you're Confidence goes way down when you start looking for a job. And it's you think it's easier when you're not working. That's kind of a two-sided coin. When you're working, you're exhausted because you're working and doing everything else in your life. And then, you know, you're tired because of that. And then you have to find time to fill out resumes and job applications and go on interviews, you're tired. When you're not employed, you don't have any money coming in, and so you're panicking because you only have a certain amount of money to get through the month, and you don't know what is in store. You don't know why you can't find a job yet. You don't know why your employer decided to let you go. You know, I've gone through all those, all those emotions. I've gone through anger. Definitely anger is one of them because I felt this way when I was working 10 hour days. And, you know, most people 
You're not feeling well. They'll just call out sick. I wouldn't call out sick. I would come to work. You know, if I'm contagious or something, yeah, I would not come into the building. But now that I work from home, I, I'm not contagious. Well, I was never sick in that way of being contagious. But I don't know. My work ethic was always you come to work and you do your, the best job that you can for your employer and, and help out your team. That's always how I've been raised. You don't take a day uh, off sick unless you're legitimately sick. But I was really sorry I didn't take more time off. The last six months, I did take uh, take time off. Like if I was supposed to go to a doctor in the morning, I would just take the whole day off instead of taking a half day off and working the rest of the day. So I'm like, you know what? I don't feel like going back to work. <laughs> And taking the drive all the way to Mayo Clinic, it's a bit of a drive for us because we're on the outskirts of town. And it's like an all-day field trip. And everybody's very nice over there, but I'm like, mm, I think I deserve to take the rest of the day off. It's traumatic. And going through all these emotions, wanting, wanting to go on vacation and wanting to buy some things, I can't do that right now. Some of them are not luxury items. Some things that I need. You may be asking, well, what are some ways to can support you, Diana, during this time? One, you can support me with prayer. I always covet your prayers. Brian covets your prayers. We need them. We know God's going to provide. He always will. I can use your encouragement if you're on social media and you see one of my posts, you know, say hi, um, be an encouragement, put in a Bible verse in there, comment on the post. Hey, if you've got job leads, I'm considering um, changing out of the healthcare. If there's a good opportunity out there, if you've got job leads, um, you can um, contact me. I am considering having ads on the podcast for the first time ever. I don't like ads or commercials, but um, this podcast is now costing me money that I don't have. I would like to continue to do the podcast, but there's a bare minimum that it costs me to pr produce the show. So I am uh, Blueberry, my hosting provider is doing what's called pre-roll ads. They are commercials before the show starts that they're already vetted. I don't get to choose what they are, but they don't have tobacco or alcohol or adult stuff or politics, religion, you know, all those commercials that you don't want. We'll see how it goes. Other ways you can support me I have lots of time, <laughs> a lot more time than I used to. So I have plenty of things on my website, bswministries.org. You know, my mentoring services. I have plenty of time to take you on as a client. I can help you to transition out of an abusive relationship or get out of a relationship or you're feeling you're, you're still stuck. When I was talking to Eitan at lunch yesterday, we were talking about voice lessons. I have voice lessons 
on my website. I've had them from day one. I have not taught lessons since the pandemic started, but um, now that I'm out of work, I have time to do voice lessons for you. So you or your loved ones want lessons, I have affordable packages on my website. If you are one of my podcast listeners, I will give you an additional discount on top of that. I have music on my website for sale. Mending the Soul, if I don't have a job by fall, I will be doing another Mending the Soul group. That's free. I will find you a group in your area or on Zoom um, if I'm not doing a group myself. So you want to join, join the group, let me know. On my store, I have new stuff like this t-shirt. This And Brian created the logo for the podcast. So these are available on my store. Uh, I've got totes and I have baseball hats and a couple of other kind of shirts. I got a polo shirts on there. You can purchase those and that helps me pay for the podcast. Other services I have, you need a speaker for your conference, your women's group, your ladies retreat, um, any kind of abuse advocacy event. You need music for an event locally or if you have a virtual conference, I'm available for that. I've done a lot of missions conferences actually that's contact me all the information's on my website dswministries.org my email is diana at dswministries.org contact me if you need you need somebody just to chat we'll talk on on zoom and have a chat see if i can help you out or just listen i'm here to listen I have my meetups that we're doing the last Saturday of the month. Come and sit and chat with me. Meet your fellow listeners on the podcast. And uh, we'll have some fun. I might even play some songs. You have to sign up if you haven't already signed up. You have to register. That will be in the show notes. I know I've talked a long time, but this is kind of therapy for me just to get this stuff off my chest. This is my reality right now. The Lord will provide... Thanks for being here with me. So take a deep breath. I hope that you take care of yourself and your family. If you have any prayer requests, be sure to send them to me. And I hope to, to see you here next week on the podcast. Until then, have a good week. God bless you. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Wounds of the Faithful podcast. If this episode has been helpful to you, please hit the subscribe button and tell a friend. You can connect with us at dswministries.org, where you'll find our blog along with our Facebook, Twitter, and our YouTube channel links. Hope to see you next week.